Ladies and gents, you are now tuned in to the quintessential podcast for the craft beer connoisseur. Take a little news, add a little knowledge, throw in a dash of politics, and there you have it. This is the 21st Podcast with your host, me, Travis Turner. Yes, once again, it's me. And yes, that's a new theme song and a new title. But hey, I know I should just start off by saying I'm sorry for keeping most of you uh, patiently waiting for a new episode. <laughs> most of you probably, probably some of you gave up thinking it was never going to happen. But uh, thank you for those who uh, pushed me to get back into doing what I what I love to do before I moved. And yes, I am. I am now officially a Texan. I've been a Texan for about, oh man, a year, over a year now. Moved back out here. But I'm originally from Texas, so it's kind of like moving home, I guess. Some people argue that and say Georgia's home, but nah, I feel, I feel, I think this is probably one of the best moves that I could make for myself coming to Texas. But um, yeah, welcome to the show. Uh, the 21st gets its name from the 21st amendment, which, uh, I think is probably the best <laughs> amendment in the constitution as opposed to Dave Chappelle's being the fifth. <laughs> if you, if you don't get the reference, then you're missing out. And I suggest you look it up or ask a friend about it, but, um, anyway, yeah. So, uh, welcome to the 21st podcast, formerly known as American bacon podcast, but now it's the 21st. Brought to you by American Bacon. I'm changing American Bacon into the production company because I do I do think that I'm going to be bringing a lot more uh, shows to the table. Um, there's so much other stuff I want to talk about. And I think the original podcast was uh, I wanted to put too much into one show and it was taking away from what that show was really about. So I'm going to break some stuff up. You know what I mean? And uh, and and give you more stuff that I want to talk about in different segments. So yeah, this show is going to be about beer <laughs> and politics, pretty much anything politically driven. Uh, not going to harp too much on it, but of course, you know, I just can't be all stale and stagnant and just talk about beer all the time. I, I could, <laughs> but I want to get a little bit more into it because who doesn't like talking about politics when they're drunk? I know I do. <laughs> so, uh, the show show is going to keep, uh, a little bit of the same flavor, going to change a couple things up. I hope you guys really enjoy it. I, uh, I've been having this in the back. I've actually been working on the show for a while and I just wanted to make sure that everything was polished and pristine before I presented it to you. So yeah, thank you again for being patient. Thank you for encouraging me and thank you for staying fans. Um, those of you who are still fans and uh, those of you who pestered me day in and day out and telling me that Travis, why are you, why are you waiting? You're missing out on so much good stuff. And I know I'm missing out on a lot of good beer, Georgia. I miss you so much profusely because I have to admit Georgia beer is probably the best beer that I've had. I mean, after moving out to Texas, Texas has some really good beer, but it doesn't hold a candle to what, uh, what I was experiencing 
And I think I've had myself, uh, I made myself, uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't, I won't say I was selling myself short, but I definitely had uh, a favorite and Georgia beer. You rank high. So anyway, uh, about the show, well, I did give you about the show. Um, pretty much what we're going to do. <laughs> There's some cool segments in the show. Now I've taken away a couple of things that I don't think we're working per se, you know, for the flow of the show. But, uh, yeah, just pretty much a rundown. We're going to go over the beer. Then we're going to go over some beer news. I keep beer news. Cause I like the beer news. I think that's really cool. Also, we're going to give you some more, uh, uh, let's say some, some trends in beer. So not necessarily beer news, but how I see beer and perceive beer and, and things that we want to see in beer. So not necessarily news, but I guess editorials and opinions or whatever about beer stuff like that. I think that'd be cool. Also, um, this, this actually sparked when I went on a tour, this, this other segment, uh, call it beer one one It came to me, <laughs> not in a dream, but actually in a tour. I went on a tour at a local brewery down here, uh, Community Brewing. Awesome, awesome brewery. We went on a tour, and I just like to see how stuff is made from, you know, different breweries. And while we're on tour, he he, he said, hey, did anybody have any questions? And <laughs> I promise you, this girl, she had to have had been drinking all day, but I mean, she thought it'd be a good question. And she asked what is hops? And I, I heard inside and I'm I'm not trying to say I'm a snob, but I mean, hops in your, at a brewery. I mean, I thought that was basic knowledge. Apparently it's not. So, you know, maybe there's people out there who don't really know what they're drinking. And it doesn't even matter if it's, if it's a micro brew or macro brew or anything like that. Maybe you guys just want to know what's going on. So beer one-on-one is just going to teach you about beer. And I think, I think it'd be a good addition to the show. Uh, then after that, we go into how I see it. That's, that's when we get into the nitty gritty politics and, and socially driven, you know, what I want to talk about, what's weighing heavy on me. And, and it opens up for discussion and people can talk and, and whatever they want to do. Uh, I'm trying to figure out how to get that to happen though, because uh, I got to make the show a little bit interactive, you know what I mean? So hopefully, uh, I'll, 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 I'll tie that in somehow. And then, and, and then we go into the beer review. So yeah, no more, uh, cards against humanity folks. I'm sorry. I know you're all sad that it's gone, but <laughs> it just, it doesn't work when I'm doing it by myself. It's funny when it's, when it's a bunch of other people. So maybe, maybe when I have, uh, shows with friends or guests, I'll probably do it. I just gotta, I just gotta make some friends with them in Texas. I don't have any friends out here. <laughs> so anyway, <sighs> I'm, I'm, there's that sigh. I really thought I was going to get rid of that, but it came back anyway. Um, well, why don't we just go ahead and get into the show on today's show, episode one of the 21st episode, I guess 50 something of American bacon, if we're counting, but anyway, episode one, we're going to drink a, uh, we're going to drink a sour. I had to find this. I didn't even know they made sours in Texas because I've been looking for them when I got down here and I just couldn't find any. Um, people don't really do sours down here. And I thought sours were like a big deal everywhere. And apparently they're not as big as I thought they would be. 
but I found one and it comes from a deep Ellum brewing here in Dallas, Texas. I went, I think deep Ellum was the first brewery I visited when I moved down here. And, um, it's a really cool spot. It's not super huge. It's in, and it's named after the town that it's in. It's in deep Ellum, Texas, but it's like a little neighborhood in Dallas. Um, all my Georgia folks think of it as like little five points, I guess, something like that. Just, you know, not as busy. Still kind of busy though. It's a pretty cool place. But, um, yeah. So Deep Ellum about the brewery was founded in 2011 by John Reardon. And, uh, it was Dallas's first microbrewery in 2011. So that, that means craft beer is, is not that old in this place. And I've, I mean, we've seen like some really old, like I wouldn't say old, old, but like, you know, 20 year old breweries. And I think there might've been a couple 30 year old microbreweries, but for, for this to be its first in 2011, no wonder I didn't see a whole bunch of stuff being offered in Dallas. Not saying that Texas doesn't have a lot. Texas has a few, but just, just for it to be eight years, that's crazy. And, uh, What's crazier is that it was recently sold to Canarchy Craft Brewery Collective, and that was uh, June 8th. So to be completely honest, when I was doing this research <laughs> for the brewery, it was the day after they had got sold. So I, I like I said, I've been trying to put this thing together for a while, and, and it was crazy. I was like, dude, this was yesterday, but you know, clearly it's not yesterday today, but... <laughs> yeah, they uh they just recently sold to uh Canarchy Craft Brewery Collective. Um if you're not familiar with who they are, you probably just don't know. But uh their um their portfolio contains breweries such as uh Cigar City and Oscar Blues, which are pretty popular breweries across the country. Uh Cigar City, uh, I've definitely had some stuff from them and I've actually had Oscar Blues too. Both of them are very respectable. Um but yeah, so you know, micro goes, goes, goes macro a little bit, I guess. But I mean, it, it's clearly hard to, you know, fund this stuff, especially if you're trying to grow your business, you kind of have to, you know, get that outside help and, and by outside help, you pretty much have to sell it off. So, um, John's still part, he's still like in charge of daily business. And, um, I want to say that they, um, deep Elm actually has a distillery as well which is not part of the deal. So the distillery still works independently. And uh, I guess they're trying to get some residual off of what they sell, although most of it's going to go to, you know, Canarchy. Anyway, um, it was it was just an in, instant increase in uh, capacity and production because they're going to be using the uh, Oscar Blues facility. I think it was in Austin to make a lot more beer. And so that means there's going to be wider distribution. Now, most people don't know deep Ellum outside of Dallas or Texas for that matter. So with this wider distribution, you're probably going to see this thing go in some other States. So, uh, all my Georgia fans keep an eye out for some deep Ellum. It's some good, easy drinking beer, nothing too harsh, nothing too crazy. You'll probably not enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> as much because of all the crazy stuff that is going on in Georgia. But I mean, if you, if you come across it, say, Hey, Travis drinks this stuff. This is what he has. And then you'll probably drink it and cry and, and be like, Travis, come back to Georgia. You need better beer. <laughs> no, 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 I'm not. Deep Ellum is 
Deep Ellen's some good stuff. I like their stuff. It's really good. So uh, this this beer that we're drinking is called Playdate, and this is a sour blonde ale. So it is apparently a juicy ale with notes of sun-kissed fruits, lemon, citrus, and melon. And I don't know what sun-kissed really means. I think it's just aged dried fruit because <laughs> I'm thinking when you think sun-kissed, you're thinking what? The, the, the fake orange juice that has all the extra sugar in it. But I think I read somewhere this has dates in it. So that means they're just dried up fruit. So I don't think it's really going to be a bunch of orange juice or whatever in it. But uh, this is the first time I'm drinking this. They It's a semi-annual, 5.4% uh, alcohol. Um, of course, a sour blonde from Deep Ellum. It's a, it's a funky can. I like Deep Ellum's little logo. It's a little smiley face instead of the smile. It has a beer bottle. So it's pretty cool. But ladies and gentlemen, the first beer of the 21st podcast. Smells really good though. It doesn't have the sour color that I'm used to. It looks more like a beer. And that's that's fine <laughs> that it looks like a beer. It just doesn't look like this the super pale sours that I'm used to, but it's a blonde ale. So I don't know. We'll see how it goes. Good carbonation on it. Good smell though. It smells it smells a lot like it smells like a sour. I can't tell you it smells like a serpent bite or anything but it smells like a sour it has that sour that 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 pun not pungent what's the word i'm th- the crisp smell i guess that's good that's actually good that's better than i thought it would be <laughs> that's i don't know if that's a good thing or not but it's better than i thought it would be so i'm gonna keep drinking these down and you guys are gonna listen to a brand new commercial be right back under this Hey folks, as you've been made aware, American Bacon has transcended from a simple podcast to a podcast production entity. What does that mean to you? Well, probably nothing. But if you were looking forward to all new shows and a whole lot more views and opinions, well then you might want to take a listen. American Bacon is looking for content creators who want to be heard. We can help from simple platform hosting to full-on production. So if you're interested in joining the team, simply check out American Bacon on Facebook and send us a message letting us know how you can contribute. Simple as that. We're looking forward to hearing from you. And now here's correspondent Travis Turner with This Week in Beer News. Take it away, Travis. And since it's been such a while since we've talked about beer, you and I at least, I figured we'd we'd take beer news and just encompass, like, not necessarily what's going on now, but what has gone on since we've been away from beer for so long. And uh, one thing that comes to mind is 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 the craft beer scene burnt out? Is it done? I know that was a, a topic of discussion before on a couple episodes, but I mean, where is it now since we last talked about it? So is is beer burnt out at all? Well, statistically, no. And I say statistically because uh, beer sales, even though beer sales went down to uh, you know negative point eight percent overall beer sales. Craft beer sales went up 3.9%. So they stayed above. They managed to grow. Whereas people stopped drinking. You know, craft beer sales actually went up. So so even the people who stopped drinking beer. Well, I'm not going to say stop drinking. But people 
who have been drinking beer are drinking more craft beer. Uh, now, of course, with it being sales percentage, maybe it's just, you know, different beers coming out. And so people, you know, are buying more expensive beers and less cheaper beer. But who knows, really, to be honest. But, I mean, craft beer is still a booming business. Um, overall beer market for uh, 20. 2018, I forgot what year it was for a minute, but the overall bill market for 2018 made about $114.2 billion. That's billion with a B dollars. And the craft beer market took, oh man, almost a quarter of that, $27.6 billion. And the craft beer market, $27.6 billion. That's a lot of money for craft beer who, uh, for, for people who, you know, put weasel poo in their beer. They make a lot of money, but that's awesome though, man. That just says that, you know, the market is still thriving and still growing and it is what it is. Craft beer is going to be here for a while, man. And it's cool. I like that. And, um, out of, uh, out of all the breweries, I want to say in the States. Yeah, this was the States. 7,450 breweries at the end of 2018. 7,346 of those were craft beer breweries. So they're out there, man. There's a lot. There's a, I think I'll save that for a, for a, uh, for a beer 101 class, but there's some, there's some crazy numbers out there that will, that would amaze you. It's pretty cool. But, uh, yeah, I'll save that for later. I don't want to give you guys too much right now, but, um, I mean, like that's that's a lot of money to go out there, and then breweries are still opening up left and right, man. And I mean, if you're doing there, there's a there's a there's a business model out there that again I'm not going to get too deep into, but I mean, if you if you set your brewery up right, I mean, you're you're going to make profit in your first year as long as everything's done properly. Of course, starting a business is always brain brain racking and unnerving and a lot of people i'm not gonna say everybody can do it right but i mean hopefully you know like there's money to be made by <laughs> goofing off and doing something with your friends man and that goes for anything that you really enjoy doing there's plenty of money to be made you just gotta know how to do it and i need to i need to learn how to do it with this because i still think this is the best beer podcast out there but you didn't hear that from me anyway um, <laughs> moving on, like I was saying, beer, is it burnt out statistically? Not at all. It's thriving. It's booming. It's still growing. I don't think I see an end in sight for it to stop growing. Now, socially, is craft beer over? Maybe. Maybe. Why do I say maybe? Well, because I'm not seeing as much of the hype about it that I used to. I mean, of course, I would say between 2016 and 2018, it was booming. It was everywhere. It was in your face all the time. I mean, I made my, uh, I made my podcast. The podcast started in pretty much the, uh, it, it wouldn't, you can't even call it the peak cause it's still climbing, but I guess the, the fastest influx of craft beer popularity that's when i got into it and as it's still climbing i mean yeah you see sales are climbing but are you seeing the hype and everything about it not as much not as much why 
do we not see it as much as we used to? Well, plenty of reasons, plenty of reasons. There's a market saturation. Remember that number I gave you before at the end of 2018, over 7,000 craft breweries. It's going to be hard for people to be excited about everything because we don't have access to everything. So even even these craft beers that we don't even want to call craft anymore that are like non-independent owned breweries, which was a big thing last year that everybody had to have, you know, the independent beer logo or whatever. But it's just, you know, it's not you're not going to get everything you want. And so with the market saturation and then the big buyouts where everybody's buying it. So now you're being forced to drink a whole bunch of stuff that you really don't want. So, you know, people are probably looking for something new and different, but they don't have that many options or they're having too many options and they just don't want to risk it anymore because let's be honest. Sometimes people find something they like and they're like, Hey, I like this. I'm gonna stick with it. It is what it is. But, um, I mean, with the buyouts, a lot of people are very picky. The craft beer, the craft beer community is they're they're a bunch of nerds. Okay, <laughs> they're geeks, and they they don't want they don't like change, and they want things to be independent. Because I, I'd had to take a survey. I wouldn't even know because this is just this is there's no number to really justify this. But I mean, the craft beer community loves you know, the, the story of the, the small town hero. And when you get a buyout, you kind of ruin that for them. You're not the small town guy anymore. You got too big for your britches. You're the sellout. You're not, you're not our local, our local, like I can't go out of town and say, Oh, I know the, I wish you could try this because when you go into another town, they got it and they've had it and, and they had it the same time you did. So it's no longer exclusive. And a lot of people hate that. And I, I mean, am I one of them? No, I'm not. I want everybody to experience what I have. I like that. I like the fact that, uh, that I've had this and then I want other people to try this and they can go out and try it. Even if they're not, you know, in the region where I get it from, I, I like it. Some people like the, you mean the art of beer trading. Sometimes that does connect people trading beer, you know, is cool. Like, Hey, I sent you this beer. And then you made a friend for life because you guys have, you know, it, it, it is what it is. And there's pros and cons to it. And, um, I don't know, man, I wish everything was available to everybody. Because there's so much good stuff. But regionally, it doesn't make sense. Because, of course, beer is always going to be better at the source. So, once you start dispersing out, you, you, you tend to lose a little bit of, a, a little bit of the, 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 what makes it great. So, I mean, it is what it is. Um, distribution brings in money. But, uh, you know, does it, does it bring in loyalty? You want some loyal fans, right? We'll see. Uh, speaking of loyalty, you you got people who you know like a certain brewery, and they will not defect. <laughs> so they won't really go out and try new things. And I I'm a fanboy of a lot, Scofflaw. I love some breweries more than others because it it's just you almost know what to expect, even if you've never had what you're looking for. So I mean. Let's go to uh, like if I want 
a good sour. I'm going to, I'm going to say, Hey, Orpheus made the best sours to me. There's probably other sours out there that are just as good, maybe better, but so far I have yet to find one that is as good as a fresh can of serpent bite. I can't, there's no way. And so it, 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 it hurts me. Cause like I said, I, I'm drinking a sour now. Uh, we'll get into the review later, but I'm just saying I compare all of my sour ales to serpent bite. And that's just the way it is because, and it's probably unfair because that was my first sour. But I mean, in comparison, that's what I want a sour to be. Maybe if I tried something different, maybe it'd be a different opinion. But then I'm sitting here thinking like if I tried something else first and like that, then I would have been blown away by Orpheus's Serpent Bite. IPAs. I like, I love POG Basement. POG Basement is my favorite IPA. I'm sorry. I've had uh, Pliny the Elder. <laughs> I've actually had it. Thank you. Mr. McHugh over in uh, 15th Street Pizza, if you still listen. <laughs> but I went to visit recently. Well, it wasn't recently. I visited. Uh, I forgot when I visited. I visited a couple times in Atlanta uh, for multiple occasions. I was there for the Super Bowl. I was there for a wedding. And then I was there for uh, what else was I there for? I think that was probably about it. <laughs> but I had plenty of the elder. It was delicious. I loved it. It had that nice east, the West Coast, West Coast IPA with the with the good pine. I love that pine taste. Um, it was great. And I could see why so many people loved it. I don't think it was as good as POG Basement. That's just how I feel. Um, And I, to be completely honest, there's a brewery that is no longer around and it hurt my feelings. Um Oh man, Abbey of the Holy Goats. Oh man, what was the name of that beer? I forgot the name of it, but it had this floral, piney taste, and it was amazing. And I loved it. And every time I went to 15th Street Pizza and they had it, that's all I would drink because that's how good that beer was. And it's no longer available. And my feelings are hurt. I miss them so much, and I wish so much that. I don't know. I wish they would have went to just, you know, straight distribution instead of, well, it is what it is. I'm not going to go into that right now, but Pliny the Elder was rated the best IPA ever. Okay. It's subjective. It's always subjective. My show, my beer ratings are subjective. It is what it is. I don't expect everybody to like everything I like. I don't expect everybody to agree with my ratings. What I do expect is that you try it. You know what I mean? Some people don't even like IPAs, though. Some people only like stouts. My brother. I have brothers. Sorry. <laughs> but my brother only drinks stouts. I think that's all he drinks. And he he hates IPAs with a passion. I He might drink other stuff. Um, but his his whole thing is IPA. That's all he drinks. And he he I need to go see him again. Me and him need to go drink and, <laughs> and discuss beers. But um. It, it, it like I said, it's all subjective, and and people like what they like, and so of course, when it comes to loyalty, you know, people are gonna say, "Hey, I like this because a everybody else likes it," or it's just it is what it is. You know what I mean? So, socially, is beer dead? Maybe it's not as hyped up as it used to be. You know what I mean? Is it sad? I don't know. I think it's one of those things that come and goes. 
But the community who loves it, you know, they're still out there and they're not going to let it die. So is the hype dead for the Fairweather fan? Yeah, I think it is because they they're they're just they have no idea what they're getting into. So they like it. So that's why I have the podcast. That's why I have Beer 101. I want to get people back excited about this. I want the hype to continue because like I said, craft beer is amazing. Craft beer is art. You should appreciate art for all it's worth <laughs> and, and continue drinking up good beer. Ah, oh, man. So that was beer news, man. Normally, like I said, we'll get into some actual news and stuff. It's hard to find beer news because, like I said, the hype has kind of died down. So you're not going to get a bunch of like like general news about beer. You'll hear about, oh, these people got bought. Oh, they're releasing this and that, that. I don't want to give you that stuff because, like I said, releases are usually regional. Buyouts don't mean anything. You want to know what's going on with beer, what's new, what's awesome. You know what I mean? So... Hopefully, you know, I'll, I'll stumble upon some gems for you and we can talk about those. Um, more, what else I want to talk about is beer trends, trend, trending in beer. So like the styles right now, IPA, uh, yeah, IPA is still the king of craft beer. It is what it is, but what's awesome is it awesome? I don't know. But anyway, there's a there's a whole East Coast, West Coast rivalry going on with beer like Tupac and Biggie. Now we got a, a from from the East Coast. We got the New England IPAs. Those those fuzzy, hazy ones that everybody likes. They want to call it hazy. Even some of the beers that they call hazy aren't even hazy now. So and some people just add haze to them. So they just want to call them New England IPAs. And haze is haze is the craze. It's funny because like back when new England IPAs were the, were the ish, you know, the orangey, the juicy, the fruity flavored IPAs, the West coast got a little bit hurt. Cause I think they, they thought they perfected the IPA with the, with the bitter piney taste. So now they're doing a, they're, they're trying to push this West coast brute and a uh, West coast brute. It's still the West coast IPA, but now they use a uh, champagne yeast. So you get more of that, that drier, that drier taste that you get from champagne. You know what I mean? It's like the hits you in the back of the throat and, and tingles your nose kind of stuff. I haven't had any of it yet. I'm sure I could probably find some in Texas since we're closer to California. Um, I'll, I'll try to find some stuff. I just don't have a, a, a I don't have the greatest access to buying craft beer. There's a there's a place out here called Specs. I, everybody keeps telling me about Specs and I go in there and it's ah, Hop City had me spoiled. Hop City spoiled me. <laughs> they really did because they had so much stuff, but Specs is like it's like a liquor store that just has better options. So, they don't have very much craft beer there. They have a good they have a decent selection. It's 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 nothing to 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 say, oh, they don't have anything. They'll get you some stuff now, but they just they're no hop city. I don't think anybody's gonna be hop city. Unless I try to find one. <laughs> we'll see. I'll, I think there's a tower out here. Still, it's not Hop City. But um yeah, so I wanna see how this works out because like I said, as long as IPAs are around, they're gonna be everybody's favorite beer. Um <laughs> frat bro, frat bro favorite beer. <laughs> I saw a video. It was funny, but it was like, dude, hand me an IPA. What do you got? You got an IPA? 
<laughs> so <laughs> some people just drink IPAs now because they're IPAs. Um, yeah. So although that I think the, the, they call them NEPAs, New England IPAs, they're going to be around forever. I want to see how, how this brute catches on because, um, I want to see it. I want to see it. I want to, I want to try some, see what it's like. Cause like I said, I do like the pine flavor of some IPAs. I want to see how the, 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 uh, champagne yeast, you know, affects the flavor of this stuff. It might be fun. Um, also loggers are, are loggers are supposed to be lining up to be the next big thing in beer. And maybe, Maybe because like I said, they're, they're looking at, um, they're looking at beer trends and, and, and saying, what can we do to not bore these people? Cause people want to drink beer, but we can't keep just forcing IPAs down their throat <laughs> or these seasonal stouts that are just insanely high in alcohol and you can only get them one once a year or something like that. So they're trying to, they're, tr- they're, they're saying lagers going to be the next big thing. So many people are making lagers now. And I guess they're just waiting for it to just set off. But I'm like, nah, nah, maybe, maybe. But thing is, how do you make a lager, you know, different? Yeah, I mean, you just start adding all these other hop flavors and everything and hope that they catch on. But I wasn't a big lager fan. I mean, they're easy drinking. But again, trying to sell lagers is going to go into the loyalty factor. So if a if a brewery that somebody likes makes a lager, they're like, oh, I'll try it. And they'll be like, oh, okay, I'll drink this or I'll drink some Bud Light. So that's their Bud Light. And, like, people are just, you know, creatures of habit. So if they see a lager from a brewery they like, they'll just start buying that because they want something easy drinking. But they also want to support their brand, right? So is lager the next big thing? No, I don't say it's the big thing. I'll say it's the next easy thing. I'm not saying brewing beer is easy. I'm just saying that if you're going to give them a lager, that's just to say, hey, we made a lager. Drink it. <laughs> so <laughs> we'll see how that goes. Um, and, and, and apparently sours are still very popular nationwide, but not the super sours as, as maybe I like them or as some other, other people like them, but they're approachable ones. And, um, during the summer, I guess that's just what people do. Like if you make an approachable sour during these hot, hot summer months and Jesus, Texas summers are brutal. (laughs) So (laughs) a good sour might not, might not be a bad thing during this time of year, but, um, sours are approachable. Sours are still very popular. And I, I mean, everybody should try sours. I think sours are a good thing. You know what I mean? So, I I want I want to go. I just need to buy a six pack of Serpent Bite. I miss my Serpent Bite. I miss oh what else do I miss? Oh red hair made a made a strawberry tart sour a blesser tart. If you ever have, and it's just oh man, it's not. So don't think of it as the sweet strawberry. Think of it as the the essence of strawberry like you know it's strawberry but it's not sweet you know what i mean it has that strawberry taste but it's not it's just so good now i just i want one of those so bad right now you have no idea i'm gonna come back to georgia just to get one i'm sorry this this got really bad this is not an amsr what is that amsr what is a is it 
ASMR? I don't know what it is, but when you like make weird noises and whisper into the microphone and apparently that's, the, that's, the, that's what people are into on YouTube now. I haven't sat through one. I've seen like bits and pieces, but that's weird to me and that has nothing to do with beer. So let me get back on track. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, new segment for you. Beer 101 up next. Attention students, please report to your classroom. School is now in session. And welcome to the first day of class. Yes, the first day of Beer 101. (laughs) And today, we're just going to cut it down to the nitty gritty and talk about what is beer. What is beer? That's it. What is beer? Some people need to know. No, it's not just what you drink. Yes, it's what you drink, but... What is it? What makes beer beer? So, at its most basic, beer is made of four things. Water, grain, hops, and yeast. That's it. That's what makes beer. So, depending on what grains, what hops, what yeast, whatever you put in it, that's how you get your lagers, your stouts, your IPAs, anything you know, beer just needs those four basic things and then everything else is just, you know, bonus. <laughs> but yeah, so um of course your water. That's just the vessel. Anything that's drinkable is made of water. Anything. So you have to have the vehicle to put all the other things, you know, into your body. Um and and from my understanding, the water actually does make a difference. So I think in, uh, what is that? In, in Ireland, their water is best suited to make Guinness because of, you know, just, you, just how the, 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 the chemical makeup of the water, you know, it's not, it, yeah, it's H2O, but there's other stuff in the water that gives, you know, Guinness stout the, the, the nature that it is that makes it a Guinness stout. So, uh, also, um, where is that? I think Czechoslovakia, you know, their their Czech their their beer is uh, Czechoslovakia. It's the Czech Republic now, isn't it? Did they ever get back together? I am so slow when it comes to, you know, social studies and geography. Anyway, so I mean just in just regional, the water makes the beer what it is. So sometimes water makes a difference. It's not just water. So anyway, um, next ingredient, the grain, you know, usually people think barley, but any kind of cereal grain works. Um, and sometimes it's not so cereal grain (laughs) because what is that? Rice is a grain. Rice is in Budweiser. They use rice. Uh, some, some use corn. It's just any kind of grain. Uh, it's usually cracked and not necessarily into powder. They just kind of crack the grains up so you can actually get the, uh, the, 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 the pretty much the sugars out of the grain. That's part of the process of making beer. We'll go over that at a later class right now. We just want to give you guys the basics. So, uh, water grain, next ingredient, probably the most important. And well, they're all very important to be honest, I think the next one that most people identify as beer is the hops. Hops is that little green. It looks like weed. Let's be honest. It looks like weed. And that's probably because they're almost 
very close related to each other. That's what I was told at least. <laughs> but it's these little green buds that you just put in the beer to give it the the flavor, the bitterness, and depending on how you add it, when you add it, and which ones you add, that you get different flavors out of different strains of the hop. Um some are made to be more bitter, some are made to be more aromatic, some have more bolder flavors, some have a little subtle flavor. It's just depending on, you know, be that's what makes beer like in in the craft community, you know, want to reach out and do stuff different because there's, you know, wild not wild hops but there's like the hops that are natural grow naturally then they're doing all the other crazy stuff that makes like you know new strains of hops coming out there i'm telling you i'm telling you if you go dive deep into some hop research you're gonna find yourself in colorado trying to you know buy some ganja and don't even know it because they they're so they're so much alike and once you get into it they pretty much parallel they don't even parallel they intersect somewhere then go down the same line (laughs) so hops is hops is hops is what you know most people think about when they think about beer um and i think the unsung hero of beer is this last one and that's yeast yeast is yeast is probably the most important one out of all four ingredients. Nah, it's still, they're all important. But yeast is really what makes beer, beer. Yeast is what turns everything into alcohol. Yeast is what gives it that fizz. Yeast is what transforms this, this sugary water into the, the, the lovely nectar that you get in the can. <laughs> so and and there's different strains of yeast as well. Each one of these has a variable. You can use different types of whatever ingredient of the, out of the four. So there's different styles of whatever, different types of whatever out of all four ingredients. There's different types. There's yeast that makes um, things sour. There's yeast that makes things, you know, a nice you know, stagnant and doesn't give you a whole bunch of fizz. So there's different types of yeast for different types of beers and, and lots of stuff again, when yeast is experimental. So, I mean, and it's man, beer is interesting. And with this class, (laughs) I'm gonna call it a class, not really a class, but with beer one oh one, I want you guys to understand what you're bringing into your bodies. Not necessarily all bad things. None of this stuff is bad. Beer is delicious. Beer is beer is here for you and me. It's the oldest. It's actually one of the oldest things that we drink that's prepared. It might be. Well, it's not the oldest prepared drink, but it's the most popular drink in the world. Only next to water and tea. So number three out of all the prepared drinks in the world. Man, beer is more popular than Kool-Aid. Do you know how good Kool-Aid is? And for beer to top that, bruh, let's be honest. Beer is amazing. So <laughs> that's beer 101. And um, there's going to be a lot more. We're going to get into the math. We'll get into the science. We'll get into the history. There's going to be a lot of stuff. So take notes because there will be homework and there will be a test. So study hard. Listen well. Thank you for coming to the first class of beer 101. We'll be right back after 
Do you have a product or service to offer? Do you have something you want to promote? Do you just want to be noticed? The answer is simple. Advertise. Advertise. Advertise? Advertise. That's right. Advertise on this podcast. And for a limited time, you can do it for free. That's right. Free. Just go to American Bacon on Facebook, send us a message, and get ready to get recognized. Well, the way I see it, 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 the way I see it. So, now that I'm good and drunk, <laughs> it's time for uh, the portion of the show that uh, deals with politics or anything that's really just, you know, I, I'll rip something from the headlines that is, I would say, politically driven. It could be anything, to be honest with you but it somehow revolves around something political and I'll take that and then I give it to you and then my take on it. And what better way to open up this segment with probably the most politically charged figure in all of politics in this day, Donald J. Trump. He has officially announced his campaign for reelection in 2020. The way I see it, why wouldn't he? I mean, he he pretty much took America by storm. And honestly, he was a sleeper like hit with his demographic. Well, he couldn't have been a sleeper hit with his demographic. He had a demographic and he he inspired more people who might have not been in his demographic to vote for him and back him. And I mean, hell, it's it's. It's he legally he could do two terms. So why not just go ahead and do it the second time? I'm not saying that he's a definite shoe in for a win, but I ugh, let's look at things. He has a good chance of winning again. <laughs> and, and, and I think that's sad to say, but you know, you got your people out there who were saying, yeah, I'd vote for him again. So, I mean, it makes sense for him to run for reelection. Because, let's be honest, the Democratic Party is just not as unified as they used to be. And it's, it's, I don't know if it's their own fault, but they're all over the place. And it kind of, you know, it, it embodies what being a Democrat is at this point in time. Although, of course, let's be honest, political parties are just a farce for uh, agendas. But, I mean, I... I personally just wish that we would all just you know find out who is the right person for the job and people say oh donald trump was the right person for the job or or uh it was the other guy i forgot his name already well joe biden is running for president i i would have liked joe biden running last year or not last year but last election why can i think of this other guy's name the little crazy guy from vermont i am Am I that drunk? Oh my god. Anyway, they only like him because he looks like Rick from Rick and Morty. <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah, it's it's just the guy as divisive and polarizing 
as his entire term has been. I think he's had, I will say he's had more people backing him than the Dems who are running have backing them. So, of course, you have celebrities, like (laughs) politicians become celebrities at this point. And that's all it is. You know what I mean? It's popularity contest, not necessarily the right person for the job. It's who can garner the most, you know, eyes on them at all times. I just, I, I, I try to not, you know, fall for it because I mean, these people only want to, they, they'll do what's trending and like, here's what's trending. Let me speak on it. And they're like more like Instagram models than they are politicians. And it's, it's sad, but it's, I mean, it's what this era is. So they're very commercialized. And they're doing it because they know how to reach who they're trying to reach. And it makes sense. So, I mean, now the thing is, Donald Trump going for re-election kind of makes it difficult for any other Republican to go in and and run against him. Because, let's be honest with it, Donald Trump has done everything he could to exemplify the values of being a staunch conservative Republican. Now that doesn't go to say that he has, of course there's, there's times where everybody's hypocrite. So he's done stuff that some Republicans just don't like. And it is what it is because every president's going to do that. All right. So Donald Trump has said he, he is, he has given his, not his blessing, but he has, you know, acknowledged, um, I I hate that thing. He has acknowledged uh, LGBTQ rights and he's he's acknowledged Pride Month and everything. And of course, that is against the stereotypical values of conservative Republican. But let's go back and look at, you know, your boy, uh, Barack Obama. That guy is a he's funded wars. He's 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 given the okay to bombings and everything. And that's kind of against what the stereotypical Democrats all about. So, you know, it is what it is, but I mean, smart people don't fall for it. You know what I mean? (laughs) You can't just, you know, side with a guy because he he's in your political party. That's kind of just dumb, but that's what, that's what America is right now. So they drew a line in the sand and, 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 it's just you're either this or you're this. You can't be both, and which is a terrible, terrible analogy. But it, it is what it is, man. Um, hopefully, hopefully, we'll finally one day look past all this and just pick the right person for the job. But Donald Trump does he have a chance of winning? Very much so. Very much so. And um. I mean, let's be honest that the, the, anybody who has the ability to vote and didn't like Donald Trump, it's their own fault because, uh, what, what is this Donald Trump? Uh, what he, he, he lost the popular vote, of course. And we've had this situation before where the, the, the president elect loses the popular vote and he lost the popular vote by a good 3 million uh votes um 
but he won the electoral vote by 77 electoral votes and that uh and in 10 states so hillary had won 20 donald trump had won 30 so he catered he was smart i'm telling it, it is what it is he was smart and catered to the states he needed to win and didn't care about the popular vote so what does that say about electoral college everybody says oh we gotta stop we gotta abolish the electoral college because it doesn't make sense if somebody wins the popular vote it kind of does because if your if your votes are concentrated in one region, it's not necessarily a a a total demographic of votes. It, I, it's crazy. I know what you're saying. Like it's still stupid because, and I kind of get. I, I well, I'm not gonna say I kind of get. I definitely get it. If you have more people vote for this one person, then yes, that person should win because it's the majority rules, right? Not necessarily because. Of course, like we're saying, not everybody votes now to it get to a point to where voting is mandated and everybody gets to vote or everybody has to vote. Then, yes, I say abolish electoral college. You can't abolish electoral college when you can't have everybody vote. So what it does, I mean, I'm not going to give you a social studies lesson. If you don't know what electoral college is, look it up. All I'm saying is that if we want to have a significant change you need to disperse yourself about evenly across the country. That way, one side doesn't have more effect than the other side when it's not enough people. You know what I mean? It's it's I, I'll, I would get into it. I should get into it. OK, if more Democrats live in densely, densely populated communities, whereas densely populated communities are not as abundant as the rural and suburban areas, right? Makes sense, doesn't it? So once you start, you know, dispersing everything and get a good mix in there, then you could share ideas, share uh, concerns and, and your, in your knowledge and reasoning, it would, then you can kind of affect how everything works. And when I say kind of, it can go either way. It has to go either way. Because you can't just say a Republican is smart and Democrats are dumb or Democrats are smart and Republicans are dumb. It's That's unfair. But if you get everybody working together in the same communities and everything, then we'll start picking people who who you'll stop identifying as one or the other and start making just choices that just better people. You know what I mean? It's simple, but it's nearly impossible. <laughs> it's always so much easier said than done. I definitely, definitely wish it was easier to do, though, because at one point, at what point do we just say, hey, just be a good person? And that's it. You don't have to agree with certain lifestyles and choices and everything. You don't have to you don't have to, you know, want. I don't know. I don't even know what I'm trying to say. Oh, I know what I'm trying to say. But again, I'm drinking, so I can't say everything I want to say because right now my my vernacular is not as a a, a poignant. <laughs> I guess that's probably not even the right word because I've been drinking. Anyway, hold on. So we got to share ideas. We have to talk to each other. We have to communicate. Each one teach one. Isn't that something we learned in like elementary school or something like that? 
everything, every, everybody, whatever, you know, everybody knows something that you don't know, at least one thing that you don't know. And so we got to stop being greedy with our knowledge and our insight. We got to teach each other stuff. You know what I mean? And it's going to take a longer time than, uh, than we all have in our lifetime for us to get past the obstacles that we put in front of ourselves. It's like you're going to run into a wall as long as you're carrying that wall with you. You know what I mean? You can't run past the wall that you hold in front of you. If you're running with it, it's always going to be in front of you. So I guess that's my insight for today. <laughs> so, <laughs> Oh, man. Yeah, that's the way I see it. Anyway, what are we doing now? How I, yeah, I guess it's time to review the beer. And it was a pretty good beer. What were we drinking again? I need a producer. I can't keep doing this show by myself. I get too drunk and I get lazy. We were drinking Sour Blonde Ale. Well, it's not Sour Blonde Ale. It's called Playdate Sour Blonde Ale. From Deep Ellum Brewing here in Dallas, Texas. Deep Ellum Shout out. They make a good fried rice. Their brewery, they make food. So I guess it's a brew pub, but it's anyway. I want to go out there again. I just don't have friends. <laughs> so it's kind of weird for me to go places by myself and try to enjoy stuff. I'm the kind of person that if I'm doing something fun, I want to enjoy it with somebody and talk about it. So hopefully one day people in Texas hear this podcast. So I want to hang out with that guy. He's pretty cool. So one day we'll all hang out and I'll make new friends. <laughs> but until then, I'm just going to drink all alone in my apartment. But what God, just went way off tangent. We were drinking Playdate from Deep Ellen Brewing. It was good. It was better than I thought it would be because I've just have, you know, this bad connotation of what Texas beer is because it took me a long time. To find good beer in Texas. Everything else is just bland. Well, let me go ahead and just go ahead over the review the review of this beer. Um again, new to the show. We go over five different categories. You have appearance, smell, taste, mouthfeel, and buzzworthiness. Uh appearance, of course, how the beer looks, smell, how the beer smells, taste, how the beer tastes, mouthfeel. Mouthfeel is the what how the tech there's texture to beer. And mouthfeel goes over how it how it presents itself in the mouth. That was so weird to say, but that's the only way I could say it. So anyway, whatever. Forget I said it, but you know what I mean, right? Okay. And buzzworthiness. Buzzworthiness is the hard one because it kind of encompasses some extra like factors. So what I consider buzzworthy is how many of it how how much would it take to get me a buzz and am i willing to drink that much to get a buzz so it kind of like i could have a a, a low abv beer but it's so good that i'll keep drinking them and i'll give it a high buzz worthy it could be something that's super high abv but i'm not willing to drink it so i'll get a low score if it's something that's just like you know high abv and and i want to keep drinking it They'll get a high score. It, it is what it is. It's just a whole lot of factors in it. So that's how I explain buzzworthiness. You know, 
So, you know, think of it like that when I give that score. So anyway, to the scoring appearance, I give it a three because it's a blonde. It is what it is. But when you approach it as a sour, you want more of a paler color. I'm not going to say that I'm docking it because of what it is. Uh, the main reason why it got just a three score is because when you pour it, no matter how you pour it, there's no head. I hate beer that doesn't have a head on it. Now, of course, it pours like a soda. Okay, it pours like a soda. You pour it no matter how you pour it hard, tilted glass, whatever. The head gets up there and it dissipates within like a second. And that's depressing. <laughs> A beer should have a good head on it. I don't care how much of a head is on it. It needs to have some kind of head on it. This had none. So it, it was gone. So I gave it a three because it still has a nice clarity to it. Good amber color to it. Uh, I love the carbonation effect where the bubbles just keep going up and nonstop. But no head on a beer hurts my feelings. So I gave a parent a three. Smell. It smelled like a sour. I love the way sour smells. It's not, I wouldn't say solventy, but it has that, you know, it has that smell like, oh, you're going to pucker when you taste this. And I love that smell. It, 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 it's just good. I like it. It has that acidic, astringent smell to it. And it was, it was, I enjoy that smell. So I gave smell a four. Now, taste, taste, again, it had the, the nice sour to it, not as puckery as I like it, but it had a good, it had a decent bite to it. The, the, the drawback of the taste, it doesn't taste as advertised. I mean, I don't get a lot of fruit taste to it. If I do, it's a subtle hint to where I actually like I have to look for it and I want to look for it. I want to know it's there. There can be essence of it. There could be a semblance of it. There could be just the smallest bit of it, but it needs to be recognizable. There's nothing recognizable about the fruit taste in here. It was I want, you can't list all this stuff on the on the can and not present it and me just say, yep, there it is. Yeah, I didn't get it. I think I said that, um, I, well, hell I couldn't know. I wouldn't know. I'd never had dates, but I said that I think there are dates in there. There might be dates in there. I don't know what a date tastes like. So I've never, I, maybe it does taste like dates. And if I ever had dates, I'll go back and eat some dates and be like, Oh, there was dates in that. And maybe give it a higher score. But what if I don't like dates? <laughs> so <laughs> it would get a lower score. Anyway, taste got a three mouthfeel here's the thing about this mouthfeel on a sour and a blonde it's kind of okay when i drink a sour i want that crispness with the sour pucker i got a little bit of the sourness a little bit of the crisp but it it when i say crisp i want it to be bam and then gone that's what I mean. Like a snap of crispness. This gives you some crispness on the initial taste, on the initial, like when it hits your lips, but it kind of has, it's not refreshing as refreshing as a lot of other sours I had kind of lingers. And that's the blonde in it. It's, 
It's not what I wanted, but it's not, it's not a deal breaker. Hell, I drank a whole six pack. No, I got one left. So <laughs> I drank, I drank a lot of these, so I can't say it's a deal breaker, but it's not what I want, want, you know what I mean? So mouthfeel gets a three. I'm probably being a little bit, you know, biased, but anyway, it's my show. I can do that. <laughs> now, buzzworthiness. Here's the thing about the buzzworthiness makes up for the mouthfeel because it's easy drinking. It's super easy to drink. It's approachable. Like we were saying earlier, approachable sours. It's, it's easy to drink. You could down it. It's not going to, it's not going to ruin anything. It's not as refreshing as you'd like it. It has a little bit of weight to it, but sometimes you might want a little bit of weight in a beer. You know what I mean? So buzzword has got a four. So add all the scores up divided by five because we have five categories. Beer gets a 3.4 slightly above average. I liked it. Okay. Slightly above average is good for me. I am the Russian judge. All right. So Ladies and gentlemen, if you ever get a chance to try Playdate from where? Where is this again? <laughs> Deep Ellum. Okay. See, Buzzworthy, this gives a four. I'm forgetting stuff. Anyway, so if you ever get a chance to try Playdate from Deep Ellum, try it. Have a couple. Share it with your friends. It's not bad. It's good. I liked it. It's just, you know, above average. And I like above average beer. Oh, man. That was a chore to get through this show because I haven't done a show in so long, <laughs> but I remember why I love doing it because I had fun. I, I, you, it may have sound like, Hey, this guy's just talking. No, I had fun talking. I missed this. So uh, hopefully the future will, uh, have a lot more good beer in store and a lot more good shows. And who knows, maybe I'll find me some new guests or, uh, take the show on the road and, do some travel podcast, but oh man, until then, ladies and gentlemen, uh, probably my favorite beer quote. And I think this is going to be the one that, uh, you know, closes the show every time now comes from Benjamin Franklin. Ready? Okay. Beer is proof that God loves us and wants us to be happy. So stay thirsty. I can't say stay thirsty. What is that? I'm about to get sued. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> Folks, that's my closing. You all have a good night. Keep drinking good beer.